we exist in a culture where burnout has become a baseline and it's become normalized. So it's like, I know a lot of people feel, and I've definitely felt this way. I'm like, is it okay that I'm like taking a day off? Like, no, I have to constantly be doing everything or I'm not going to be productive. And then we compare ourselves, you know, get into the comparison cycle. So there's that layer of it too. It's like, I'll say it is a practice to learn how to create our own self-care practice and practice of tending to our own nervous systems and learning how to move at the exact pace that feels nourishing for us in a culture that prioritizes burnout over actual attunement and you know, care. It all begins by understanding the mind. I want to be happy now. I don't care about the future. I want to be happy right now. You are not alone. You are never, ever, ever alone in this. It's helped my voice grow and given me freedom to be creative on my own. I'm Christina Barcy. Welcome to Be Bold Begin, a podcast dedicated to you, the creative, the healer, and the innovator. The topics and conversations we have here are designed to help you discover what might be getting in your way and offer you tools, techniques, and guidance to move through them. I live in the imposter's body more than I live in my own body. I don't have to feel like I don't deserve this. This is where creativity and healing intersect. If you decide to be bold and begin, you have the opportunity to feel humbled and empowered. I totally believe that. I'm a certified Kaizen Muse creativity coach, a certified Reiki energy healer, and an entrepreneur, artist, and presenter. I will share with you my experiences, my proven tools and techniques that helped me and my clients and loved ones shift and expand in the areas they most desired. This is a gentle and open space where you will hear how others are being bold to encourage you to begin your own journey or expand the one you're on. This is Be Bold Begin. Hi, welcome back. I'm Barcy, your host. And we have a lot to dig into today, but I want to start by sharing a quote from today's guest. She says that as a young woman with a high level of education in her field and her own business, I was more than qualified and successful in most people's eyes, and yet struggling on a consistent basis to trust myself and feel confident in my gifts and where my intuition and heart were guiding me. I knew I was a medicine woman and a leader with big work to do, and yet I felt like an imposter who hadn't truly healed enough to embody her purpose and true mission. And then she goes on to say, it is my body that saved me, and ultimately it is my nervous system that has become my greatest teacher. Her name is Sandra Burchad. She's a somatic-based coach, a brand strategist, and a creative consultant, among many other things. And you may find yourself relating to that first quote of hers that I read, because I think that a lot of us struggle with self-trust and imposter syndrome. I know I do. And if you do as well, then I think you're going to want to hear how she found ways to work with her nervous system to improve her quality of life, and then also applying that to running a business and then helping others. So I can't wait to learn more and share her story. So welcome, Sandra. 
thank you for that beautiful introduction, Marcy. It's lovely to be here with you today. And it's always interesting to hear your own written word read back to you. <laughs> You're like, oh, wow. <laughs> Digesting it in a new way, you know? <laughs> totally. Yeah, I relate to that. And I love those moments, actually. Like, I love doing an intro for my guests. So thank you for uh, allowing that to resonate. It's almost like hearing a journal entry sometimes like read back to you by someone and you're like, whoa, that was a part of my life. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, ooh, that's vulnerable, but also juicy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're jumping right in, right? With the feelings. (laughs) Yeah. Always. That's how I roll. (laughs) Totally. Me too. And I think a lot of us feel that way with the show as well. And that's kind of the place we live in here. So I appreciate you rolling with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I found you on Instagram because I love following people just like you and something you posted resonated with me. And I don't remember exactly what it was, but I was like, Whoa, what's that? Like, what a great post. And who's this person? I need to like see more. Like, What's she doing? And something about it just felt aligned to something I was resonating with at the moment and beyond because here we are. And I reached out to you and luckily you said yes, that you would come on the show and chat with us more. So I always love when that works out. So thank you for saying yes and being here. Yeah, I really appreciate the invitation. And I guess I feel similarly whenever I come across someone that I feel a shared resonance with. And I'm just like, I want to get to know you, other human. You seem so cool. Let's see how we can collaborate and co-create together. (laughs) Yes, exactly how I felt. Thank you for that. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) It's like a fun way to make friends and use this platform to get to know someone and share that out. It's kind of just a fun way to do it. So, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I resonate very much. Cool. All that said, we had a lovely conversation before and you shared a little bit of your journey with me and I would love to start there because I find it to be a really relatable journey, but also really unique and different. And that's your origin story. So I would love if you can start there and tell us a little bit about what childhood was like for you. I always say I have a unique story, but I also believe that everyone has a unique story. (laughs) And when I share my story with people, I think the elements that always seem to consistently arise is I was born more highly sensitive in nature and more aware of the empathic realms, like just highly empathically in tune to other people's energy and emotions. And during that time, I think there wasn't as many frameworks for understanding like highly sensitive kids. So I think as a kid, I felt really dropped by not only the educational system, but also like the medical system. And I was labeled with a lot of different diagnoses and felt really not seen and kind of invisible on a deeper level. Like I'm experiencing all these things, yet I don't necessarily know how to communicate them and no one knows how to help me at the same time. I didn't realize and I wouldn't realize for many years that a lot of the sensitivities that I felt were really challenging for me would end up being gifts. And so, you know, I don't want to take the time to tell my entire story because it's quite a long story. But when we move forward in time towards age 12, For me, that was a very pinnacle time of my life because I was struggling 
was what I like to refer to as my first dark night of the soul and my sense of identity and the deeper questioning of like, why am I on this planet? And do I really even want to be on this planet? It's like so overwhelming. I just feel so hypersensitized by the world. I'm feeling so much all the time. There was something in my system that wanted to shut down and then also felt very much alone because of how overwhelmed I felt in that shutdown. And that's when I started working with a mentor, you know, because I was lucky, like, even though there weren't a lot of frameworks for understanding more highly sensitive kids and a more highly sensitive nervous system, I would say, my parents were also like really open and receptive to more holistic orientations and perspectives of dealing and working with things. So I was really, really lucky in that way. And my parents hooked me up with a highly sensitive kids mentor because I was struggling with depression, anxiety, and not really doing well in school, even at a school for more neurodivergent kids. Mm. Yeah, which was, you know, also good job on my parents part (laughs) with that going to a more creative school for, you know, really highly intelligent neurodivergent people. I'm like, thank you, mom and dad, you know, for that. that. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. I had a lot of interest in obviously early exposure to different holistic orientations. And when I started working with this first mentor of mine, because I've had many, you know, at this point in my life, (laughs) she really gave me tools and frameworks to learn how to understand how to work with my sensitivities and recognize that there actually isn't anything wrong with me. I'm just wired in a different way than what most other people traditionally talk about or what the norm projects is normal. And here are some ways that you can start working with this. And that sort of just blasted me off on my spiritual path. And I felt validated for the first time by someone and seen for the first time by someone in a way that I never had before. And that was really potent for me. And That made me deeply long to be able to do that for other people. Like, how do I actually make other people feel seen and known at the deepest core level for all that they are and express that in healthy ways that actually nourish them and also transform or change the world in positive ways? I mean, the the best of all worlds. (laughs) So let me skip ahead to age 15. That's when I decided, okay, I've learned some cool skills. Like I'm meditating, like I'm learning how to like channel, like I'm tapping into my intuitive gifts and healing, you know, abilities. I'm learning how to work with my sensitivity. So they're not overwhelming me on a deep level. I like know I want to do this for other people someday. And when I was 15, I decided, okay, I'm going to become some kind of like spiritual therapist or whatever. You know? <laughs> and then I did, you know, I mean, I kept up with it. I had a number of television appearances because I was a teenage psychic medium, which is, I would say, the unique part of my story. There aren't, I would say, as many teenagers that say, I was a child or teenage psychic, you know, medium, you know, that was working internationally with people at age 17. You know, there aren't as many people that probably say that, but that is definitely a part of my, you know, story. So I think another dimension of what's unique about my story is that I started working with people at such a young age. I was like 17 and doing deep, you know, emotional healing work, you know, Reiki, I got my first certification when I was 16. So it's like, I felt that first dark night of the soul kind of catalyzed me. I'm like, okay, how do I deeply learn myself intimately and out? And then how do I learn how to heal and liberate myself so that I can then do that for other people and make it easier for people on their journey so that they don't have to go through what I went through. And that I would say is the impetus of my life's work, you know, or the origin points of my life's work there. Yeah. And that led me to get my my degree in, you know, somatic psychology and psychology of health and healing and later a master's degree in mindfulness-based counseling psychology and then start developing my own frameworks for holistic orientations towards 
healing and empowering ourselves on our own kind of purpose-driven journeys, you know, through life. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, there's so much to unpack there. I have a few questions, but I think you're right. It is unique and unusual for someone to be so impassioned in their goals and then put action to them at the age that you did and have such clarity. So that is really, really special and very cool that you were able to be given an opportunity to have tools and then go in a direction and make a way to kind of pay it forward right away. Almost like you really pursued that as soon as you had like tools to go forth <laughs> is kind of how it seemed. Definitely. But, definitely. So you mentioned that you learned meditation and things like this with your mentor, or maybe you learned that around the same time, but maybe not from your mentors. So I'm just curious, was there a spiritual component to the tools you were given in that capacity? Or was that something you were pursuing just at the same time on your own? Yeah. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, my parents were very open to it so like my dad for instance started meditating when he was 15 you know he like worked when he was a teenager so that he could put himself through spiritual workshops and stuff so so there's a legacy here (laughs) there's definitely a legacy that I'm continuing my parents also both happened to study psychology in college and then ended up starting their own business which I don't know I guess I'm more like my parents than I think I am (laughs) but not to put that layer on you, but just it's interesting. Not to put that layer on me, no. But it's just interesting to see the lineage that we carry forth and what sticks and resonates through our line, you know, and our ancestry in right. that way. But yeah, I think that because of the early exposure that I had with my dad, who I think when I was nine, I'd walk in and, and there was dad meditating it was just sort of in the field and he started giving me books really young. I don't know if you know Carlos Castaneda or any of those. Well, if you don't know, it's more into towards the Nagual teachings and the deeper lineages within Mexico and South America, the kind of spiritual lineages within there. So that they're kind of teachings from that area. But so I guess I was infused very much early on with a lot of different perspectives and that definitely helped to enhance my journey. And then when I first started working with my mentor, she just provided another layer and maybe a deepening for that. So you were able to kind of combine things that you were already kind of in your toolbox from just the way you grew up and your parents and then adding something that was really tailored to you in the mentorship situation, like kind of put, like yeah. things kind of come together, it seemed like having this inner journey for yourself. Yeah. And I think I was so hungry and that has continued (laughs) to be so. I just a voracious learner. I want to learn and continuously grow. I want to be infused and expand my understanding of everything all the time. I'll always be an eternal student in that way. And that's definitely a thread of me that will never change. But that was definitely part of it. It kind of jump-started my spiritual path and I started to explore like Wicca and nature-based, you know, religions and doing tarot cards and Reiki later on and vibrational sound healing Mm. and shamanic healing. I kind of had my nose and hands and everything, so to say. I was just a deep, young spiritual explorer. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel that sort of vivaciousness around wanting to learn and to be present in the thing that you are interested in and dive deep. I can feel that very cool energy to you. So it's a really fun, like life vivaciousness that is very attractive. So it kind of explains my next question, which was going to be like, what led you to want to do all this deep dive in education? Because sometimes when we are already kind of pursuing something, we for not that we forget, but we might discount 
you know, going in a direction towards university or education and going in the studious path right away. So that's kind of cool that you went and then just kind of like got tons of education. And I was looking at your (laughs) website and it lists all of your education and your certifications. It's very cool. And it makes me go like, man, I should go like learn some more shit. But (laughs) But, (laughs) I would love for you to also define somatic based coaching for us and the type of psychology that you studied, which I think, let's see, I have this written somewhere, integral psychology, and I'm sure there's more to all of that. But can you help us understand like what you went into and those, maybe why you went in those directions and what those mean. You're asking all the big questions. I know. Um, <laughs> Tell me everything about your life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll try. <laughs> I'll do my best. Well, I think that for me, from what I've shared, you kind of see this evolving, deepening and interest and passion for just knowing what wholeness is like intimately, whether that's through exploring the universe or spirit or soul or, you know, Reiki and connecting to universal healing energy and the vibration, the interconnected, the all, you know, so I guess like to simplify that, I've always been attracted to the numinous like what would exist beyond, you know, the five senses? What is the interconnecting bridge that unites everything and holds everything together? And how do we contact that and connect with that more in our everyday life? How do we stay connected to like that spark of divine brilliance that we are in every moment? Because when we go through traumatic experiences and painful experiences, we often feel disconnected from that, from that spark of what makes us us. And I definitely experienced that growing up. And I think for me to trace it back to this earlier quote of mine that you mentioned that my body and my nervous system have essentially been my greatest teachers. Along with my sensitivities of being empathic, I had a lot of body sensitivities and chronic conditions that I think evolved out of the fact that I was feeling so much all the time and not able to truly digest it. So my nervous system was just constantly overloaded. And that would come out through my body through chronic conditions like Mm -hmm. autoimmune and digestive issues and headaches. Like My body was just constantly speaking to me all the time in every moment. And When I went to college and later transferred to the school, University of Naropa in Boulder, which is known for more holistic orientations and education around psychology. I mean, it was started by Tibetan Rinpoche and beat poets, you know, (laughs) but (laughs) so, you know, it's going to be an interesting place. (laughs) When I first moved there, like I didn't even know what somatic psychology was, but I remember taking an initial overview course. I think it was called like embodying process in the individual. I didn't know what it was about, but it just sounded cool. I, like, I would have taken cool that. Yeah. Like, don't you want to go to a school that has like, yeah. I'm like, don't you want to go to a school that has like a course style like that? I was like, yeah. that's dope, right? You know, especially if you're into spiritual <laughs> retreats. Me and Aroba was like a five-year spiritual retreat. You know, wow. But, oh, wow. And that's yeah. like equally intense, I'm sure, as it is like so enticing. Oh, yeah. And that's another thread we can go down. But to bring it back to somatics, I didn't even really know what somatics at the time is. I think that for me, I experienced, or at least my experience throughout my childhood was consistently feeling not grounded and connected to myself, kind of dissociated out of my body. Like everything's way too much. I can't be here. Mm. 
So I'm going to go in and hang out in the spiritual outer realms because that's just, you know, that's like easy. It's I comfy. can just be ether and light and, you know, I cannot feel anything on the physical. Like, I'm like, I didn't really like being in my body because my body was in pain all the time. But I think when I first started at Naropa, I had this huge realization. My body is the missing bridge. I have all these like developed you know skills and abilities, but they aren't grounded and they're not integrated. So what do I have then, you know, if I'm not actually integrated and embodied? So when I first started on this path of somatics and learning about somatic psychology, I realized that my body was this incredible vehicle and entryway into my deeper emotional and energetic layers. It was the access point and it was always communicating to me. And I just had to learn how to listen. And through learning to listen is how I would come to know what wholeness truly felt like really being at home in myself. And I'd say since then I've made it my purpose (laughs) to orient around how can I come home to myself more and more on, you know, a moment to moment basis on a daily basis. What is like being completely at home in the embodiment of all that I am and my authentic self look like. And to do that, that means we need to, sift through and move through some of the painful stuff and well, all of the painful stuff if we're getting real, all of the painful stuff that we didn't feel safe or had the space to actually feel before. We need to make space for that so that there can be that coming home. And it's a process. It's kind of like why well, I don't like the term quantum leap. Like I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> what's the process to get to that leap? Yeah, what's right? the, like... the gritty process of you know doing all yeah. the foundational work so that we can create the conditions that will allow for that leap to happen and be integrated. And so, like a leap, yeah. yeah. So when you ask me what like somatics is, it's you know, or somatic psychology, it's using the body as that access point and gateway to our deeper emotional and energetic and psychological architecture, and allowing it to be the house that we care for with love and devotion as our ally for our time here on planet Earth. And if we like love it and care for it, it'll give us so much beautiful, amazing feedback. And it can be our guiding compass, like our nervous system, our body can be our guiding compass for everything that we do in body and in business. So I love this so much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for sharing it the way that you speak about it, because I think we miss this part of the conversation often in spiritual circles I'll say or spaces where it is very easy to like pop into that fun light ethereal energy which I love of course but it's that like I'm hearing more people I follow talk about embodiment and this feels like you said like the bridge to how we might interpret what embodiment means to us and caring for ourselves and finding the ground in all of this discovery and I feel like the healing journey as a holistic reality, whether it be like the emotional body or the physical body, it really is communicating together. Like sometimes it'll communicate out, your body will communicate out in these different ways. And it really does need to be addressed for us to really find that peace, I think, in ourselves and feel like we can walk around this earth in a way that is peaceful and fulfilling too. So maybe this is why I'm so attracted to what you were sharing and the way that you go through the work and speak through the lens that I like to work in as well. I do feel like 
we need to talk more about this kind of thing. And the nervous system, it controls so much, or it can, like you said, it speaks so much to us and we vilify it often in our experience. So hearing you talk about it in a way that is a thing that we can collaborate with and become an ally with, I love that you shared it that way, is really powerful and a wonderful way to start shifting our mindset and our beliefs about that part of ourselves that might feel like the enemy sometimes especially through our traumas, you know, we often want to just push that away and be like, this was a horrible part of my life. And I just want to pretend it's not there. And when I get triggered, I just want to get through that moment and move on. (laughs) And it's like, totally (laughs) Totally reasonable. (laughs) Right. And I get that because I do that too at times and having, who doesn't? Right. I'm sure. Right. (laughs) And I think we all have versions of traumas. So, you know, finding ways to kind of look at it and finding space to look at it and work with it is really, really powerful and important and empowering. So I just wanted to share that and like break it down for the listener because I think that's what you're doing and it's really cool. So let's get back to it though, because there's so much more to learn about this. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. And I think that just to highlight that, the way that you just reflected back, broke it down, made me feel more seen and heard then it translated probably more effectively to you our listener you know right now and then we can integrate it more so we're practicing it in the moment you know the somatic intelligence oh thank you I like that yeah I appreciate that yeah I'm a process geek so anytime we can process through something I have to do that for myself so it's for the (laughs) listener it's for you but it's also for me because it's the way that I digest the things I just heard and learned and so yeah when you talk about process I'm like yeah like I would have totally taken that class as well well and probably went down a a deep dive on it all too and which we're doing a mini version now so you took that class and you went down this path that sounds awesome so you also mentioned business and I do have a question around that sure to me it makes sense that it's one in the same when you start a business it's such a personal growth moment it's a reflection of kind of where you are in your journey and your healing and it's like a mirror but I'd love to know how you integrate what you just shared this sort of methodology into something like creating a business or or someone who maybe has a business and is feeling those imposter syndrome feelings that we talked about earlier or just take us through you know how this connects asking the big questions yeah so <laughs> no they're great yeah I'm appreciative of how insightful they are so body and business it's a really big topic and I think just to piggyback on something that you said earlier about this, this quality of they're inseparable, body and business are inseparable. And I think when you're on a journey of being an entrepreneur, or you're in business with other people, whenever we're relating with other people, these dimensions are going to come up, we're going to get activated, we're going to get triggered. (laughs) When you think about doing a podcast or a webinar, there's probably going to be some things happening in your nervous system and you're going to be feeling some feelings, right? Mm -hmm. So in that sense, it's inseparable. And I don't think that before maybe the last like 10 plus years, there weren't really frameworks for understanding even on like a, you know, collective level of like, oh, wow, like I'm a human within business. It's not so cut and dry. I'm actually having feelings. I'm allowed to have feelings. So I think that there's been a trend, like a growing trend in the importance of having emotional intelligence and soft Mm -hmm. skills. And so to not leave out any person or people that are a part of like a more company structure as well, because nervous system skills and body skills can apply no matter where you are. But I think that this kind of core governing framework is that 
your body is your house. And to make effective decisions and strategy, we need to be connected and grounded. (laughs) And we need to be able to feel ourselves. And I think that what empowers someone in a business framework and from like a nervous perspective is to be able to have an awareness of what nervous system state they're actually in and how that's informing their decision making and their actions and the strategy like they have within their business framework. So when I'm doing, this is kind of like a common thing that, you know, I work with someone, clients all the time that are either, they might be more seasoned, but they're feeling stuck, you know, in their kind of next growth edge, or they're beginning their business for the first time. And they have all this activation. They have like writer's block. They keep getting in their own way. They're lacking clarity. Mm -hmm. What most people don't realize is that that's activation in the nervous system that's cutting off higher executive functioning and impinging on their capacity to clearly think and reason like logically and, you know, have the clarity to take action in moving forward. So when we have trauma or triggers and we're not even aware that it's happening and they're coming up in relationship to like our business and business brings up a lot of vulnerable layers, like money, livelihood, survival, it's all intertwined. So that's another kind of interconnecting bridge that I would say from that framework. So when you start learning about your nervous system and how your unique nervous system works and where it gets triggered and where it gets stuck, you can see how that translates also to your income flow or the way that you're able to kind of articulate yourself in your marketing copy, or the way that you're able to handle a sales call and where you might hold yourself back even in a meeting, you know, or, you know, in a class that you're having, you know, or facilitating. So I think when you have a foundational framework and understanding of how like you work and how the overall nervous system works, you can then use that as a tool to enhance the way that you do business and that you relate with others, whether it's a business relationship or a more intimate relationship, nervous mm-hmm. system technology or awareness of that technology can help you in you know any dimension, you know, those types of situations. Right. Because you're always in your body doing these things and you're the navigator. So it has to be connected to everything that you come in touch with, right? Yeah. And I like to say it's like you have a nervous system, but your business has a nervous system too. And they're interconnected. Can you tell me a little more like (laughs) what you mean when you say that? Yeah. Yeah. So there's just this quality of like, so you have kind of a baseline template of how your nervous system usually operates. Like if you start tracking your, you know, somatic body awareness, you might notice there's certain times of the day or during certain activities that you feel more activated. Right. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, like, when you have business activities, you might start tracking the same way your nervous system is getting activated during those business activities. So the way that your nervous system functions is going to impact the way that your business nervous system functions at that level. And they're completely intertwined and interconnected. And if you're feeling stuck, well, then you might be having cash flow problems, you know? Right. right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's how I like to look at it. It's actually a simple you know, framework and set of lenses that we can apply in our everyday just through tuning to our own embodied wisdom to everything that we do and create. So next time you have writer's block and you feel stuck on writing something, you get to take a moment and pause and tune in with yourself and be like, what's coming up in my body right now? What's my nervous system doing? And can I actually take some time to resource myself? And what happens when I resource myself? Does that actually open up the flow? And now that I know how to tap into that flow, how does that impact my revenue stream on Mm -hmm. a business level? 
I see. I see. Yeah. That's a very cool, like you said, it can be simple, like the process itself, once you have the knowledge. So when you say resource yourself, can you help define for us what that might mean? Or like an example, maybe for someone? Yeah. So when I talk about resourcing, and it's, I'd say it's more of a psychological you know, term, but it's like, what do you need to do to feel balanced? And like you're coming back into your own sense of homeostasis. Mm. When someone's struggling with cash flow issues or feeling stuck in their business and the clarity and the direction of their business, they're most likely consistently feeling a sense of dysregulation. They're lacking containment. And when I say containment, I mean you're like merged with everything and there's a level of like disorganization that's happening because of the lack of clarity that's there. So when we talk about a resource, it's like this is that self-care tool that I can use that I know can bring me back to center that will provide me that sense of ground and connection with myself, which will provide the necessary containment that I need so that I have coherence and capacity to take action on the things I need to move things forward. That's the kind of framework that I use. Well, that sounds so enriching. And again, more empowerment because knowledge is power. I will say that like I'm thinking of the person because I've been through these moments in my life and I have a business. So all of this I'm relating to and going, yeah, yep, I've seen that. I've seen that. <laughs> I've been, I felt that and I've done that. You know, it's like, well, we start to hear our stories <laughs> told back in this way. There's definitely been times in my life where I've been so far away from balance to the point where it's like living in this fight or flight for so long that I've forgotten what the like balanced feeling is like, like, what if that's going on? You know, how do we start to define or remember, I should say, how to even let go enough to come down a little bit to define it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And by talking about this, like, I don't want anyone to feel bad. Like we all go through cycles and yeah. I've gone through the cycle of shaming myself. Like I'm beating myself up for being dysregulated. How screwed up is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, right now. I have all the like, tools. Why can't I apply them? Why can't I yeah. function? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, and I think that's, you know, I think that that's such a real and like, and true thing. Like we have traumas, we have experiences that we haven't been able to integrate. And then when, when we try to apply that, within a business framework in survival mode, like yeah. there's just this quality of there's so much on the line. And then we feel all of this pressure to kind of keep up with that mm-hmm. you know, nine to five rat race that we don't give ourselves permission to actually slow down and tune in to what we need. And that mentality is what I would say is the most detrimental to us, you know, in the long run. It's like not having the built-in tools to know that we can actually slow down. We can actually be compassionate to ourselves in the moment. We can actually take and build in time to our schedule for self-care. And by doing that, like by actually resourcing ourselves, we have much greater capacity to show up, whether it's in, you know, life, business, relationship, whatever we value, it helps actually to create a framework and a foundation so that we can show up and have the energy, you know, to show up for the things that matters, you know, to us most. Yeah, that's a really accurate breakdown. And hearing you share it back is like, yeah, because I, I came out of a period like this, I'd say fairly recently. And like you said, there's a cycle. I don't want anyone to feel bad either. And I guess that's why I'm bringing it yeah. up. You are beating yourself up around stuff like this, or you're like, I don't know what happened. Like, I guess I'm just doomed. <laughs> like, I don't know where I fell off the path. <laughs> or like, you know, a lot of us have these cycles of like, because circumstances change. I bring that up a lot too. A circumstance will change and will put us into a new situation that we have to navigate differently, maybe. And it's hard to see where the 
tools might apply or, you know, how to give ourselves permission to do what worked in the past, for example, or all these things. But I'm hearing a lot of like permission in what you're sharing and finding room for that and finding space to have even small moments of safety to have a moment to give ourselves that permission. And maybe that's a first step. It's like, where can I start to give myself a little more permission? What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a great first step. I think the question that you had earlier, just to trace it back, was you know, this quality of, well, what do we do if we're in a cycle like that? Well, we have to honor the cycle (laughs) Mm. because grief and trauma have no timeline and ailment has no timeline. When we have big feelings, regardless of what's happening, they're not going to fully move through and integrate until we actually take the time to tend and nurture and attune to ourselves. And I use this word attune a lot. You know, it's like attuning, tuning into something on a deep level, being deeply present with ourselves and this other dimension that's coming up mm-hmm. and learning how to hold it, you know, in a way with just deep care and compassion. And so when we're in a cycle like that and we're feeling particularly stuck, you know, vulnerable or trapped within a specific cycle, we get to slow down and attune to what's actually needed. And some of us are parents, and I'm not a parent, but like, I think parents are superheroes, you know, you like work and then take care of the kids. And it's like so much, (laughs) you know, some people are parents, some people have full time jobs, you know, some people are trying to pay off, you know, hundreds of thousand dollars of debt, you know, that survival like rat race is real. And I think in this day and age, it's actually a privilege to be able to slow down. And regardless of our situation, like that we find ourselves in, how do we give ourselves maybe even like 30 seconds, you know, or five minutes a day? How do we even build in that little bit of time to actually connect to ourselves and create space for ourselves to be in that process, regardless of where we might find ourselves? Yeah. And that is a wonderful way to start to think about it, you know, if we're, if we're in a space like that, or if we know someone who is, it's like suggesting a small, just something that feels doable, right? Maybe it is just 30 seconds, you know, maybe it is five minutes, maybe we build to five minutes, but checking in and having the awareness is super key. Yeah. And I think that it's hard because we exist in a culture where burnout has become a baseline and it's become normalized. So it's like, I know a lot of people feel, and I've definitely felt this way. I'm like, is it okay that I'm like taking a day off? Like, no, I have to constantly be doing everything or I'm not going to be productive. And then we compare ourselves, you know, get into the comparison cycle. So there's that layer of it too. It's like, I'll say it is a practice to learn how to create our own self-care practice and practice of tending to our own nervous system and learning how to move at the exact pace that feels nourishing for us in a culture that prioritizes burnout over actual attunement and you know care. Mm-hmm. So it's the collective is like the tidal wave, you know, mm-hmm. and you're trying to like surf it and find your own ground within that, within this like huge like ocean or wave that's threatening to like drown you. So like how do you find your own thread of wholeness? within that when there's chaos moving around you is an inquiry that I'm constantly holding for myself and helping other people navigate. How do you become so anchored into your own ground and Mm -hmm. the embodiment of all that you are that nothing can kind of impact you? And if it does, you know how to move through it effectively in a way that doesn't derail you at the same time. 
Right, right. It's getting to a place where we're not getting totally derailed when something goes into wherever it goes, when things feel like they might derail. <laughs> that's totally really totally. important. Yeah. And I think for someone in business, I think that's a thing that I, in the back of my mind, I'm always kind of worried about like, oh, what if there's a lot of what ifs, right? In life, but mm-hmm. in business too, it adds another layer. What if this happens? What if that happens? It's like, well, what, you know, do I have the right tools? What's going to happen if, you know, blah, blah, blah. And coming back to that sort of core sense of you've been fine so far, you'll continue to be fine. It's like, to me, that usually helps. It's very simple, but it's one way to kind of yeah. kick out of it. The spiral of thoughts when we get into that cycle too. Yeah. And something that comes up for me when you say that is I'm like, don't invest in like a million different programs. Just like go to therapy and learn how to be with your nervous system. (laughs) Once you have like a basis of connecting with your body and like understanding how to care for yourself, all the clarity that you need to make decisions like around business and your body become that much easier because you already have a foundational basis. And Mm -hmm. I've invested in programs and coaches far before the time that I was like actually ready to do the things that they were presenting or promising that they could do for me Mm -hmm. because my nervous system wasn't actually stabilized enough to actually sustain the things that they were promising that they were going to help me do. So that's kind of a caution, (laughs) cautionary tale. I've been there. I've done that. And I think that there can be a gap. And that's why I say I don't like the term, you know, quantum leap, because someone might be promising you something and that's an opportunity for you to be discerning. Because if that isn't actually a built in capacity that you have, no one else is going to do that for you. Good support will help you nurture it within yourself, though. Right. Yeah, it's true. There has to be no matter what you're working on with someone, it's ultimately our jobs to you know, do the work, if you will, or apply, do the application is maybe a better way to say it. And it'll only go as far as we can let it go in those moments. Totally. And, you know, to the point of quantum leap to this idea of like collapsing time is another thing people say in ways to kind of like speed up the things that we want to come to us. I do think that those experiences aren't necessarily lost because our subconscious mind is still processing them. So they might come into play at a different point and then we feel like we did all this work in a short amount of time but really it took all of this time for our brain to process it and start to apply these tools that we didn't realize were in there like through our experiences that we've learned that I believe that what do you think I find that you know to be true it's every day feels so full that it feels like Mm. forever (laughs) in a certain (laughs) sense so I feel like even though only a day has gone by I've done so much inner work or my awareness is so dilated on all that's happening, there's, I would say, a time collapse that can happen. But I think that around things that are just more sensitive and more challenging, like I think for me, I've seen this Mm. happen in the coaching and like healing industry, like where there's people that make promises that, well, you're going to just be able to do this or that, and you're going to completely heal everything. And you'll finally attract, you know, the twin flame in or whatever. Like, I love all that. I'm all about that. But are we accounting for all of the deep inner work that has to happen to make that happen, which doesn't have to happen on a timeline. But I want to also say, you don't have to rush. You can go at the pace that feels good for you and on your process. And when you do that, it actually allows things to unfold naturally, not on any specific timeline, like a three-year, five-year, 10-year plan, but at the exact time where you're actually available, integrated, and open to receive it. 
Yeah, so well said. And I appreciate that sort of breakdown of this sort of conversation about like how that can all work with the promises and the things that we want and trying to figure out ways and systems. And that was just such a great way to kind of bring it back to allowing things to unfold. But just to simplify it, it's kind of like allowing it to unfold in the way that makes us available when we're available, I should say. Yeah, I think that's beautiful and, and right on. Thanks for letting me go on my tangent. <laughs> I mean, I love talking about this stuff. Everything to me feels absolutely exactly what we should be talking about. Oh, good. Yeah. This actually, so this episode is going to release around Valentine's Day, and this feels very oh, self love related as well. Like, do you feel like this is a self love, self kindness practice, or do you have any steps towards how to love ourselves better, simpler, be more available for that? Yeah. I mean, I think that my deepest act of self-care personally is to really just honor my body. You know, like yesterday or it was a couple of days ago, I was feeling exhausted and my you know body, like I tried to drink some matcha, you know, cause I, I had a lot of stuff to do. My body just wasn't having it. So I allowed myself to conk out for, mm. you know, a couple of hours nice. and I had the energy to get through all my tasks that I had, my client calls and like other, you know, sessions and whatnot, meetings, you know, but it's like, I actually listen. So my highest form of self-love is self-care. You know, I would say in that way of deep attunement, you know, listening. And, you know, I always say this to people that are relating with other people. Like if you don't know and have a consistent practice of being able to attune and care for yourself, it actually makes you are less available to be in healthy relationship with other people. Because when we're disconnected from ourselves, we can't actually connect to other people effectively because we can't feel ourselves. And then, well, what's the point? We can't feel ourselves. We can't feel them. And we actually have no connection to begin with. Mm. So I think that there's this quality of like, how do I bring that into my everyday? How do I bring deep listening, attuned listening into my everyday as my foundational practice? Even if that's saying, no for the first time where I usually say yes <laughs> and practicing our boundary work you know refining like as we go like how do we honor our moment to moment truth and get more and more skilled at doing that as time passes mm. how do we become unapologetic in our ways of caring for ourselves on a daily basis and I'd say that is like my most potent self-love practice and just like following my pleasure and doing things I enjoy and making sure I'm fitting in like I know what like on a daily basis if I'm not like dancing you know <laughs> like rolling around on the floor or like taking walks in nature or making nourishing food for myself then something's up so it's following your joy, following your pleasure, leaning into the things that make you feel most like yourself on a daily basis and not being willing to compromise around those things because we are our own best partners. And if we want to come into relationship with other people, even like friends, if we are our own best partners first, then I can promise you that will augment the quality <laughs> of people that you attract in if you're already doing that for yourself first. That's what I've learned at least. I would agree. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. So we're coming close to the end, but I always like to ask this question because we did talk about a lot of things. If there's one thing that you'd want the listener to walk away with today from this conversation, what would that be? I mean, I say this a lot, but I just believe it. I'm like, you are whole and beautiful just as you are right now. There's nothing you need to fix or change to become more than what you are right now. Beautiful. You are enough. 
Yeah. It's just that quality of like, you are worthy, you are enough. There's nothing you have to do Mm. to be more lovable or more worthy. Like all that you are is just enough right now. Love that. Thank you. The first time I heard someone say that, it really resonated for me. I'd never heard anyone say that and it was very shifting. So I do also really, really believe in that. And when you really think about what you just said, if you're listening and you allow that to sink in, to really hear the words of what that means, it's a big deal. It can change everything. So I invite you to really allow that to land if you have space for it today, because you truly are enough as you are. So thank you for saying that. I think that's a wonderful takeaway. How can we connect with you? Well, thank you. Thank you for the beautiful facilitation and the space to invite all this to the surface. And in terms of connection, you can find me on Instagram at Sandra Burshad. I also have a website that you can find there too. And then for personal, like one-to-one deeper work, I do somatic mentorship. You can find that on my website, sandrabershad.com. And then if you are in a conscious business or brand <laughs> for the conscious visionary, you know, business owner, you can check out our website being.design as we help conscious business owners and leaders build brands that align with their deepest values. And so we do, you know, branding and marketing and strategy over there. And then the deep somatic work into the, you know, inner cauldron over on my side, but I still bring it in over into the business side. <laughs> as well just not as much as that because we don't have as much time for that there right right. thank you for that you have a beautiful website so i do suggest people check that out i'll put all that in the show notes like usual of course i love your instagram because that's how i found you (laughs) so (laughs) yes please check it out browse her work it's really beautiful and thank you for this conversation i really really enjoyed it i think it's gonna really serve our listeners especially at this early part of the year and if it's in the future and you're listening (laughs) sometime in the future it's still going to resonate because this stuff is always, always sort of food for the soul and heart and body and mind and all of that. So thank you, Sandra. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you reached out and for the opportunity to connect and to share with all of you. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Beeble Begin. We hope that these episodes inspire and empower you to take your next steps in your own intuitive journey towards a life or business that feels clear, authentic, and aligned. And if you're ready for more tools and guidance like courses and free events, then I'd love to invite you to my new Intuitive Creators Academy and Collective. It's free to join. Just follow the link in the show notes and remember to DM me once you get there to receive a special gift for being a listener of People Begin. I'll look forward to seeing you there.